Well, as it is plain to see by everyone, we are coming into a new chapter in our church. It will be a change in many aspects of our church life. In our listening sessions, many of you talked about or heard about the difficulties this church went through uh, roughly during a time of 2012 to 2015. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the troubles and difficulties we had, but I'm going to talk a lot about the outcome of those troubles. That is the key. Today I'll start talking about a letter. A letter that was written almost 2,000 years ago. I will talk about the author's intended result that would come from that letter and how that result actually happened here in this church. Now, does anybody write letters anymore? What was the last time somebody wrote a, like a three or four page letter to somebody? Doesn't happen. We have email. We have texts. We have phone messages that are transcribed on your phone. Let alone all the social media sites available to us to correspond with each other. Good letter writing is an art, and I'm afraid that art may well have died, at least in some circles. Well, Tommy had done it again. He got in trouble with his parents, and they had grounded him and sent him to his room to study. Well, Tommy didn't like that at all, so he wrote, a very long letter to his parents talking about the injustice of it all and saying that he was unduly charged, etc., 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 and that he was running away and they would never see him again. And he folded the letter up very nicely and put it on his bed. He then climbed under the bed just to see what would happen when his dad came up to check on him. His dad did come up to check on him. And under the bed, Tommy heard him take the letter and read it. And then he wrote something on the letter and put it back on the bed. And then he called out to his wife, Mary, Hooray! We can sell all of Tommy's toys, his beloved BMX bike, and even the dog. (laughs) Then the dad left the room. Tommy couldn't believe what he just heard. So very teary-eyed, he came out from under the bed and looked at the letter. His father had written, Tommy, we love you dearly. And the next time you decide to run away, you might want to remember to take your feet, which were sticking out from the end of the bed. 
P.S. You're still grounded. Well, there was once a great letter writer. He was so great that his letters are among the most known letters that have ever been written. And his letters have created wonderful changes in generation upon generation upon generation from nearly 2,000 years ago to right now. I'm sure you all know that great letter writer was the Apostle Paul. He went from being a persecutor of Christians to become the person most responsible for the growth of the early Christian church. Paul wrote letters to churches he had founded that had begun to have problems within them. Problems that were mostly disagreements between the members. Oh, over who should be their leaders? What was to be preached? Other, other ideologies that were non-Christian that were being taught. And perhaps most importantly, how Christians are to treat each other. Our first scriptural reading for today, read by Jim, is from just such a letter that Paul had written to a church in Colossae. It dealt with not an uncommon issue in the early churches, and that was how Christians are to treat each other. Now, some might say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would people who call themselves Christians need to be educated on how they are to treat each other? The answer is fairly simple. People who make up churches all come from the societies around the church. And within those societies, people routinely act towards each other in very unchristian ways. They steal from one another. They cheat each other. They talk behind each other's back. They tell lies about each other. And generally don't care about the welfare of anyone except themselves and what's in it for them. It appears that the church in Colossae was better off than many of the other churches that Paul had written a letter to. But Paul wrote a letter to that church as a matter of prevention and not cure. In it, he says the way to prevent the problems of other early Christian churches is to use in Paul's vivid terms, strip off the clothes of the society in which they live. Strip them all off. I was going to do a graphic demonstration up here, but I, that, that, that's probably not a good idea. Strip them off right down to the skin. Because those clothes were made of sexual immorality, impurity, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language. 
Then Paul tells us to put on the clothes of Jesus Christ. And when you have done so, you will be a new being. Now he starts with the undergarments, let's say, the underwear. He forcefully states at verses 11 through 15, in that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, enslaved and free. But Christ is in all and in all. At the time those words were spoken, they would have been heresy to many, many people. A slave and a master coming to the same church. A slave being the pastor of that church and the master being a member of that church. You've got to be kidding me. But those are Paul's words. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, now we come to the outer garments. Close yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. Here he goes again. Above all, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you, 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 you were called in one body. That's Paul's description of how Christians are to treat each other. Not as the world causes us to treat others, but as God through Jesus Christ wants us to treat others. Now, if Paul were around the neighborhood church during the years roughly between 2012 and 2015, I am sure we would have received a very stern letter from the Apostle Paul. Without going into specifics, many of our church members were not acting as Christians towards one another. They had fallen far short of what Paul would have expected of Christians. In fact, they had fallen far short of what anyone would expect of Christians. Well, the good news. No, the really great news is we made it through those problems. And all that happened is a part of our history, our church history. And when I say history, I mean it's over, it's done, and it will not be repeated. I said before that if Paul had been around, he would have written 
this church a letter. Well, in fact, he did write this church a letter. The same letter he wrote almost 2,000 years ago was the inspiration of a document that we called Our Church Culture, which has been quoted to you today by Mickey, which was put together by our church members and approved by every single ministry in this church. It took hours and hours of dedicated work from dedicated people. Many dedicated people. It is intended to be used to guide our church into the future, especially in times of change, like right now. Now is the future. And we do have a guide on the way to live that was inspired by Paul's letter to the Colossians. It is the second reading for today, read by Mickey, and it's so (coughs) very important for us to focus upon it at this time in our church life that I'm going to go over the points that it lists, giving you time to consider each one of them and reflect on the words inspired by the Apostle Paul. It begins by its title, Our Church Culture. Then says, as a Christian community of faith, we worship God, seek to follow the path of Jesus, and are ever mindful of the words of the Apostle Paul, which I'm not going to quote again. And then we start with ten points. Ten points. Five, ten. Recognize the worth and dignity of every person. Think about that. Every person has dignity. Every person has worth. Think about those words. That's part of our guide. That's part of our guide. Show love, respect, courtesy, and empathy towards others. Think about those words. Just take a moment, read them over again, and think about those words. You all have them in your order of worship. Love, respect, courtesy, and empathy. That's not hard. That's not hard to do. Treat others as we would want to be treated. You've heard that one before. Many times. Think about it. Think about what those words mean to you right now. How you want to be treated. You want to be treated like others. Extend a warm welcome to all who choose to walk alongside of us. 
anyone who comes into this church and wants to walk the walk we walk is more than welcome. Is more than welcome. And they can walk alongside of us anytime they want. Communicate directly and in person with issues or concerns. Think about that. How often do, do we talk about issues or concerns concerning a person, but don't address the person specifically? We talk to others about that person. Think about it. Think about it. Celebrate our diversity while seeking unity and consensus. This is a biggie. This is a biggie. Consensus. There is not a winner or a loser. You come to a consensus on issues. You may not get everything you want but you can form a consensus and move forward. Respect and abide by the church bylaws. Well, i got to tell you, anybody here read the church bylaws? Boring! That's not my favorite point, I have to say. Support the church ministries, our ministers, and our elected leaders. You do. You do. But in times of change, that can be a little difficult. But they're here. They're here to bring the word of God to you. So support them in what they do. Help them in what they do. Because they're here for you. And you should be here for them. Honor individual differences in our personal spiritual journeys. This is another biggie. We're all on the same journey. We're all on the same journey to come with God. We're all climbing the same mountain. To get to God. We may take different paths to get there. But we're all on the same mountain. Respect the paths that other people take to get up that mountain. It may not be your path. But respect the paths that others take. Because when you get to the top of the mountain, you're all going to be at the top of the mountain. So respect other people's paths. And finally, nurture, reinforce, and seek to exemplify these principles. Nurture, reinforce, and seek to exemplify these principles. This is our guide. It was created by us. 
and it is a guide to be used, especially during times of change in a church. So I would ask all of you to spend some time with these words and think about them and how they're affecting you in these times and how you want to be affected by them in these times. It's powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. And I hope that all of you did or do want to be involved, to be part of the change in this church in a positive way. This is how to do it. You've got your guide. Now, these words obviously are in your order of worship. If you did not personally attend church today, that virtual world out there somewhere, I never know where to look. Um, um, you can get go to our website, and you can get these words off the website. Um, they will be also, this is pretty important, these words that I just read and you read will be posted in every single room in this church in which we do business, every meeting room. They will be up there, and we will be able to see them. Paul would say, that these are natural and obvious statements about our Christian faith. Not just by these words, but by the very action we take based upon them. They are all inspired by the Apostle Paul, who in turn was inspired by Jesus Christ. Today, let us as a church stop talking about them, and start living them. Living them. If we do, then any changes we may face in this church, in this time of change, will be handled as Christians, as Christians, guided by God. Please, Let it be so. Amen.